I, I want to just start off by saying uh, I'm Pastor Doug. If you don't know who I am, I'm, the, I'm an associate pastor here, and uh, it's an honor to bring the word this morning. Uh, pastor Mark is, will be back. He'll be back Wednesday, so praise the Lord. We, we, we like when he's out of town because he gets refreshed and he comes back somehow more on fire and somehow more like the word even grows better when, he, when he's ministering. And uh, it, I don't take these opportunities lightly. I really do seek the Lord on, Lord, what do you want to say? Because again, this is his church and uh, this is his flock and he speaks to his, to his people still today. And um, so I really believe that, you know, I'm not trying to come up with a message that I think is going to be a hoorah type of message. In fact, this is the opposite of one of those. Uh, but I really believe it's what the Lord wants us to hear. It's something that we need, not just something that's going to like tickle our ears like Pastor Mickey talked about, right? Like tickle our ears and make us feel good. No, I don't want to feel good. I want to live according to what God said so that I can have what he said I can have. Amen. Amen? And so I believe this is a message that will really help us in that way. Um, I have two kids. One of them is my son, and he's a, he's a great kid. He's full of energy, and he's one of those kids that um, is always trying to grow past where he currently is. For example, he walked at eight months. He ran at 13 months. He was talking and having conversations at a year. And if there was something that he could try to figure out, he would. And that's just the way he's always been. And recently we were at an arcade and we were playing some, playing some games and he was playing this, this race car game, right? And he's driving around. And on the way home, he's like, Dad, when do I get to learn how to drive? It's <laughs> like, I'm pretty good at that, clearly. I think I got this driving thing figured out. I was like, that's a, that's a good question, but you're eight. So it's going to be a bit. It's not going to be anytime soon. And, uh, and I just had this aha moment. Anybody in here have kids? Where sometimes you get to see God's perspective sometimes of how he deals with us and the things that we ask him. And you're like, dude, you're eight. Of course, you're not going to learn how to drive. You can't even reach the pedals and see over the dash at the same time. And, it, and I, I kind of wonder, you know, do we ever get into a place where we're like, God, when do I do this? When do I get to experience this? When is this going to happen? And it's like, son, you're eight. You're not even tall enough to see over the steering wheel. You just, just wait a little while and you'll get there. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Doesn't mean I'm holding this thing back from you. You're just not ready for this yet. And uh, I wonder how many times we approach the things of God and we approach the kingdom of God in that same manner where we're just eager. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Because that's, that, he told, my son totally gets that from me. That's, he inherited it, honestly. And, uh, and so I just recognize that in myself of like, wow, this is totally how I am with the Lord. Like, Lord, when is this going to happen? When are we going to see this? When are we going to be doing this? And um, there is this concept in scripture and, and this kingdom principle um, that is this concept of patience. Everyone say patience. It's one of those words we just love to hear. And, uh, you know, when someone says thank you for your patience, you're just like, you're assuming I'm patient right now, but that's not really true. So don't thank me for something. Um, 
But patience is one of those things that our society really doesn't value. And we value, let's get it done right now. We're, we're instant gratification in the US, right? Like we're not satisfied with two day prime. We want same day prime. We want, we want our, our meal to come in the next 30 minutes. If I have to wait an hour, I'm gonna go to the next restaurant. And that's the way our society is currently functioning. And a lot of times what we do is we take our culture, our society, and we try to bring it into the way the kingdom works. And we try to rush things and we try to do things according to the way we do life and it doesn't work. And the result of that is we get super frustrated. Anybody, anybody ever been frustrated waiting on something from the Lord? Me? And at the same time, I just wonder if in that process of waiting, instead of being frustrated, we were patient, how much sooner could we make this happen, one? And number two, what are we missing out in this process if we're just thinking about this when really we should be going through the process in, and, and just kind of growing in this process, right? You know, I think of like, um, anybody ever cook anything? You guys know, there, you know, one ingredient to cooking things is time. It's like, you know, if you want a good brisket, you can throw that thing in the microwave <laughs> and you're going to cook that thing in a f maybe like 30 minutes, but it's going to come out like boot leather and no one's going to want it. And you're going to end up throwing that whole thing away. I, I was once looking up a recipe for pizza dough and they said, do all these, add these ingredients, you know, knead it all out and then put it in the fridge for two days. I'm like, two days? I thought I was eating dinner tonight. I didn't know I was meal prepping. And the reality is sometimes there's just no other option than just give something time. And, uh, and there are things that are worth waiting for. And so I believe that the Lord has um, placed some things where He's designed us to get them instantly. He is a God of right now, meaning if you want to get saved today, at the end of service, we're going to give you an opportunity to get right with God, to be born again, and you can get saved right now. You can get saved today. At the same time, certain promises and the certain things that the Lord has designed us to receive from Him require some time. They require us being patient, sticking through something, waiting it out, having a good attitude in the process before we actually receive them. So turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter six. And while you guys are turning there, um, up on the screen will be another, another verse. This is James chapter one, verse two. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That seems tough. That's a hard word. Thanks, Lord. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. There's that word. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If I let patience have its perfect work and I don't try to rush the process, that's going to have an effect on who? On me. It says, I will be complete and I will be perfected. 
I will lack nothing if I trust the process of patience, knowing this, that there's going to be trials, there's going to be things that I have to go through where my faith is going to be tested, and at the end result of those, I'm going to be better off. You know, faith is like one of those, um, it's been compared to like a muscle, right? And if you know anything about muscle and building muscle, you first have to tear the muscle down and put it under uh, stress for that muscle to grow and to build. Faith is the same way. Your faith needs to be tested for it to actually grow and produce. If you don't have tested faith, your faith is like a muscle that hasn't been used in a while. It's just not, there's not much to it. There's not much that you have to, to go back on and say, no, I know what I can lift because I've put this under stress many times before and have had success and therefore I'm at a place where I can lift this or I can do this. The same thing works with faith. This is how we are perfected is by going through trials and experiencing patience in the middle of it. So if you're in Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to look at verse 11. It says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. See, sometimes we just think inheriting the promises is just a matter of I'm just going to believe God and then I'll receive the promise, right? It's like, well, there's this other ingredient called patience that's going to require you sometimes to have to just chill for a bit. You need to go sit in the fridge for two days. <laughs> well, why? Well, apparently that's necessary to get the outcome that you want. Well, I don't want to sit for two days in the fridge. I want to eat that pizza tonight. Well, your dough's not going to be very good and you're not going to get the outcome that you want if you would have just let things sit, let things work. And so many times the Lord has us wait. He puts us into a position of, okay, I just want you to marinate for a little bit. Just hang out for a while because he's working behind the scenes, putting things into place. You know, not every promise of God is just 100% a decision where God decides, okay, now, sometimes when he's bringing promises to pass, he has to get other things lined up. He has to get people lined up. Sometimes people are slow. Sometimes people respond to the Lord and they're like, they take two days. It's like, you shouldn't be waiting. You should be responding and doing what you're told. However, we deal with the, way, with the way other people act and what they decide to do on a regular basis. Meaning this, you know, I, I, one time I was praying and I asked the Lord for a, a car. And this was like, um, I had, we had so, sown two cars. We'd given away two cars. And I was really wanting a, a car. And this wasn't like, you know, a need really. It was just like, I want a car that's sporty, that I can just, zip around in and gets good gas mileage. And so rather than just going out and financing one, which I know is like the American way, right? Uh, I said, I'm going to ask the Lord. I'm going to trust him to bring this to pass. And so, so I'm, I asked the Lord and I just said, Lord, we sowed for this. We have good seed in the ground and you're going to bring this to pass. And, and then what, we, what did I do? I just sat there and waited, just trusting the Lord. And, you know, it wasn't overnight. You know how long it took? And then literally, this happened a year and a half later. 
someone calls me up, not someone who goes to church here, they're not part of the church, and they said, hey, the Lord told me to give you a car, and I'm just sitting there with my jaw open. The Lord told me to give you a car. Would you be interested in this? And it's exactly a small car that gets, that's sporty, that gets good gas mileage, exactly the requirements I was asking the Lord of. And sure enough, there it is, shows up absolutely zero dollars and zero cents, just a gift from God. It's like, well, what if I would have just went out and financed one? Well, you could have got, I could have got it that way, but then it would have not been from the Lord. It would have been from my own self-effort. And, uh, and so read on with me here in verse uh, 13. It says, for when God made a promise to Abraham, this is the next verse, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. How did he obtain the promise of multiplying I will multiply you? He patiently endured. Do you know how long it took? It took Abraham 25 years from the time he got the word, I'm going to make you a father of many nations, to the time Isaac showed up, it was 25 years. He had to patiently endure. You know what he, you know what he did in the meantime? Well, one thing he tried was try to fi figure it out himself. He tried to say, you know what? Lord, this is taking a little bit longer than I thought. Maybe I'm supposed to figure this out. Maybe I'm supposed to make your word come to pass. And in self-effort, he came up with a plan and somehow got Sarah to jump on board. You guys remember that plan? I want to have a kid through some other woman. And sure enough, he has Ishmael. And what's the end result of that? Ends up Ishmael and Isaac, still today, the descendants are warring against one another. And that's created a problem throughout all of history. It's like your self-effort and you trying to bring to pass a promise of God that is really designed for him to watch over his word to perform, right? Us trying to make this thing happen is literally gonna cause more problems in our life than if we just sit back and chill. It's okay sometimes. We as Americans feel like if we're not involved in this process, then we're, we're missing God. No, there was no doing anything in these 25 years that Abraham was supposed to do other than believe the promise and count the one who promised it faithful. That's all he was supposed to do. No other direction did Abraham get and took 25 years. It's like, why? Why did it take 25 years? Well, you could speculate a whole lot of things, but one thing's for sure, when you have a kid at 100 years old, you're not thinking, Abraham, what kind of supplements you taking? <laughs> you're not thinking, Abraham and Sarah, good, you know, what, what's your secret? It's like, that's a God thing right there. You guys are that old and you had a kid? That is totally the Lord. So sometimes he has us in a position where we're just being patient because he's lining things up. He's gonna make that promise come to pass and it's gonna be so powerful. It's gonna be such a testimony that the people around you are just gonna be in awe of what God has done. And so is it worth the wait? Is it worth the wait? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, is this really worth the wait? 
Can I tell you, if it's something from the Lord, it's always worth it to just hold out, to just be patient. This uh, Strong's Concordance, it defines this word patience in scripture as in the New Testament, it's the characteristic of a man who's not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and suffering. There's gonna be some trials that come your way when you're in the middle of waiting on your promise. Can I tell you, there's an enemy out there and he comes to do what? Kill, steal, and to destroy. Jesus also said that he comes to steal the word. The enemy comes, Mark 4 said, Jesus, or the enemy comes to steal the word. He wants to get that promise out of you. That promise that the Lord gave you, that, that thing that you've been believing for, your marriage being restored, um, the Lord taking care of a ton of different situations in your life. I'm gonna try to steal that and I'm gonna try to cause these different trials and these sufferings is uh, essentially people causing a bunch of problems in your life as well. I'm gonna pull, put all this in place so that you give up on the promise. You know, that's the only way he can win is if you give up. Can't give, you, he cannot win any other way. Scriptures say this, that the enemy goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That implies he has to have permission, meaning he can't just eat your lunch just because he's the devil. It's something that you have to allow to happen. How do you allow it? Many times it's just giving up. It's giving up on the problem. It's seeing the trial and saying, I can't take it anymore. I'm just giving in. I'm just quitting. Many times that's how the enemy works. He's not coming up with any new tricks. Our, what we do in this process is we remain steadfast. What did the concordance say? We are not swerved from our deliberate purpose and my loyalty to faith. I'm not gonna be taken off this position no matter what comes. You know, you can get to a place where you're so confident in, your, uh, in what the Lord promised you that you could invite trials. Samuel, you don't want to invite trials, do you? Why not? If it's going to make me perfect and more complete, bring it on. And at the same time, devil, you come and try to do whatever you're going to do. I know the end result is you're going to get your head smashed and God's going to get some glory. And at the end of that, you're going to think twice about doing that again. More often than not, when you walk this out and you walk a life of just being patient and letting God fulfill his promise in your life, the devil will learn who he can go and put trials on and who he's going to go and put a trial on. And he knows he's already going to lose. So he's just going to avoid it. I mean, the devil is a lot of things, but he's not dumb. And if he thinks he's going to win, he's going to try. But if he knows I'm 0 and 10. The last 10 times I tried to, tried to do this with, this with this person, I don't think I'm going to try number 11. So you see so many people are dealing with trial after trial and they feel like they're in the middle of it. And the reason is, is because they keep losing. They keep giving up in the middle of their trial rather than persevering and seeing the victory at the end. When you start seeing victory, you're going to start saying, bring on the battles. 
When you start seeing what patience really does in the middle of your, of your I'm receiving this promise, you're going to say, devil, go for it. Bring on your best. I know Christians are scared to say that kind of thing, but you really shouldn't be because the devil's not anything to be scared of. Fear really is his only tactic and lying and deception. It's like, bring it. Don't you know how greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? You got nothing to be afraid of. Our enemy is defeated. He was stripped of all power. He was stripped of all authority. And then all the authority was won by Jesus. And then he said, you're my church and I'm placing this in you. And now we carry it. We don't have anything to be scared of. Well, what if the trial is, what if it's, so what? You're more than a conqueror in Christ. So what? I remember uh, we were up at a camp one time and we're just after the service, there was just a small group of us and we were just worshiping and uh, the Lord was just, Spirit of God was just moving and we were prophesying and we ended up creating this song called uh, Trial Schmile where we were all laughing about it. But it's based on this scripture that says, count all trials as joy. And it's like, trial smile. I'm going to smile through my trial because it's just a trial. Like, who cares? It's just, it's going to pass. I'm going to win. Yeah, it might be uncomfortable. Yeah, it might be something I have to go through that I'm not like, yay. But at the end of it, I know this. I'm going to be better off. At the end of it, I know this. God's going to get glorified through it because I'm not losing. I can't lose. There is no lose in Christ. There is no defeat when you're a believer. The defeat is not an option. So we can face every trial knowing what the outcome is. Already, we already know. Amen. We just have to, in the middle of it, be patient. Sometimes things take time. Did you know there's a lot of things in life that are related to time? I don't know what time's like in heaven, but I hope it's not like it is here. <laughs> but some things in life just take time. You know, if you wanted to get in shape, let's say you're, you've been sitting on the couch for the last two years. Some, sometimes that's people since COVID started. It's like, uh, yep, been sedentary. If you wanted to get in shape, you know you're not going to be in shape tomorrow. No matter what you did, no matter how much money you have, no matter how maybe you went to the gym for a full 12 hours, you're still not going to be in shape tomorrow. It's just going to take time. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be consistent and not give up. You know, some people are like, I want a renewed mind. I want my mind to be renewed in the image of God. I want to think like Jesus thought. Maybe you, your mind is uh, full of anxiety, full of worry, full of depression. Can I tell you? It's going to take some time to renew your mind. You could try to read the Bible front to back on one setting, but it's just not going to do it. You need to have a consistency where your mind is thinking a new thought pattern. It's going to take time. If you want to be trustworthy and you want people to believe you and you want to earn trust, guess what? They're not going to trust you the first day they meet you. You're not going to be a trustworthy person the very first time you meet someone. Why? Because you haven't spent enough time proving trustworthy. If I want to be trustworthy, 
If I, was to, if I was to say, hey, I want you to believe me, it's like, I don't have anything to go off of. I don't have anything invested for someone to believe me. And, you, and people try this. No, no, trust me, no trust. You hear that run. It's like, no, don't trust me, but I want you to spend time with me for over the next five to 10 years, and then you'll know if you can trust me. What's the ingredient? I need time. I need experiences where I'm consistent. Otherwise, trust isn't, is not earned in the matter of moments. It's, it's earned over a matter of time. You might be in a relationship and trust has been broken. There's no way you can repair trust tomorrow. You're going to have to let it happen and earn it over time. And that's just going to mean you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be like, let's say you're the one who broke the trust. You're going to have to deal with questioning uh, comments from your spouse or from your girlfriend, whatever. Over time, you're going to have to deal with all these things before you can earn trust again. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to endure, patiently endure to get there. If you want to be great at anything, anybody want to be great at anything? Like you want to just be the best at or one of the best, if you want to be a good golfer, if you want to be a good cook, if you want to be a good mentor, if you want to be a good believer, maybe you want to be great in the kingdom, you're not going to get there overnight. All these things are going to take some time. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be steadfast. You know, anyone that you see doing something great, what you don't see are the dedicated years and hours behind the scenes where they struggled where they grew, where they once were terrible at something, and now they're not. Because it took time. Time is this amazing thing that over this long period of it, being consistent at something can just change everything. You could be the most untrustworthy person today. Maybe you're a pathological liar, but I guarantee that that can change in the matter of years. Not in the matter of seconds, not in the matter of moments. It can change in the matter of years. Anything can change. Anything can grow in the matter of years. Do you want to be a faithful person? Lord, I just want to be faithful to you. I want to be counted faithful. I want to hear when I come into the kingdom, I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well, anybody can be faithful for five minutes. whoop de doo you did the right thing once and it's like, no, I want to be faithful over the long haul. To be counted faithful and say, this is a faithful person, you are going to have to prove that over time. It's not going to happen in an instant. And see, I think, again, we look at these things of how the Lord works and we just say, well, I just want it now. Can I tell you, if you got those things now, it would destroy you. It would mess you up. Some of the things that, it's like, if I just let my son go drive a car, he's probably going to kill himself. Yeah. Thinking, I got this. I'm, this is fine. I'm protecting him by saying, it's okay to wait. I have his best interest in mind when I'm saying, you need to chill. You need to get taller. And your brain needs to develop a little more because you're crazy. If I'm not willing to do that with my own son, 
then I'm not really putting him into a position to be successful. The Lord's putting us into a position to be successful by saying, hold up, wait a second. Why don't you marinate for a bit? Why don't, you, why don't you grow into this person that you're becoming? You're gonna be there. It's gonna be okay. You're gonna be old enough one day to, to reach the pedals. You're gonna be old enough one day to where you're making good decisions. Until then, just trust me and trust the process and be patient. Don't try to get ahead of the plan of God. Don't try to get ahead and do things in your own effort. Amen? Aren't, aren't some of the most valuable things in life, uh, don't they take usually the most time and the most effort? If you want to rock in marriage, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. No marriage just starts out two people. Wow, this is amazing. It's like, you haven't built anything yet. It's going to take some work. It's going to have to, you go through some differences. You're going to have to take time and be patient with one another. There's going to be a process that you want to go through to make your marriage amazing. If, if it's, um, you know, you think about things like gold, precious metals, you can't just create that stuff tomorrow. That, that stuff took thousands of years to make. That, that stuff wasn't just an overnight, oh, if, if we could do that, gold would be worthless, right? So, the best things in life take time. You know, like if you like a good cheese, I'm, I, I like cheese. You let, that, you let that cheese age for a bit and it's so much better than if you just unwrapped it a day later. It's like, no, you need to let things marinate for a bit. Galatians chapter five, verse 22 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. And we love to just stop there sometimes because those three are fantastic. Give me all the love, joy, peace I can handle. I just let the spirit of God work in me. I need some love. I need some joy and God knows I need peace. And then there's this next one, this patience. And, and what I'm getting at is, this is what the Holy Spirit does in us. This is his work in us, is he produces patience in us. Meaning this, I'm not trying to be patient on my own. I'm not doing this through self-effort. I'm not sitting here saying, okay, I can be patient and I'm gonna just make this thing happen. I'm relying on the Lord to do this. I'm trusting in the Spirit of God to produce patience through me. Amen? If you're learning anything, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Do you know that the Spirit of God is at work in you right now? He's causing you to be patient. He's causing you to be steadfast. Anytime that we're cooperating with him, we are in a place of patience. Anytime that we're violating and going against the Spirit of God, we're in a hurry. We're trying to rush the process. Let the Holy Spirit work in your heart. Let him work in you. He's going to give you the ability to stand when it doesn't look like you can stand anymore. Anybody a runner in here? I am not because that's just, you know, the Bible says that those who run away from things are wicked. <laughs> <clears throat> but I also, 
I also find it extremely boring. Um, but you know how people can get a second wind and you, they're running along and they run out of gas and all of a sudden there's like this reserve tank that just keeps them going. The spirit of God is like a reserve tank that has no bottom to it. He can keep you going 25 years on the same promise. He can keep you going like he did with Abraham for 25 years. You know how long it took Moses to receive the promise of you're gonna be the one who leads my people out of, out of slavery in Egypt? It took Moses 25 years to fulfill that promise. Remember Joseph in the Bible? You're gonna be a great leader and your brothers are gonna want kneel to you one day. How long did that take? It took 13 years and he went through hell and back to get there. But he was patient, he was faithful, and he watched the Lord bring to pass what he had promised. He trusted in that whole time to say, Lord, you're gonna do this. You're gonna be the one that somehow makes this happen. Think about it. In the bottom pit of a prison, he goes from that position to second in command of all Egypt. Come on, the Lord can turn this around so fast. He is a God of a turnaround. Sometimes it takes time to get there. And sometimes it's like the trials make it more difficult, seemingly more difficult for God to do it. Like, for example, I know people that are believing God for a house and it's like, man, the interest rates are nuts. How am I ever gonna get a house with an interest rate that are the way they are right now? And I just kind of look at it like Elijah, right? When he, was, when he was proving who God was to the prophets of Baal, right? And he had his altar, they had their altar and they had their you know, things that they were gonna offer up as a burnt sacrifice. And basically it's like, all right, if your God's real, then you light that on, you have him light that on fire. And if my God's real, I'm gonna ha light, have him light mine on fire. They're like, okay, sounds good. And so they're praying really hard and they're trying to make this thing happen. And then they, Elijah just starts dumping water on his altar. And I like that attitude. Like, yep, see, this is gonna be obvious. It isn't me doing this. Make this thing more difficult to come to pass. Go ahead, raise the interest rates. Go ahead, make the marriage seem like it's no, there's no possible way for it to be restored. Bring the trial on that's gonna make it look like there's no possible way so that God gets the glory of being the one who does the impossible. Come on, when that fire hit, it was obvious. That's God. Your God's real. Your God's gonna get the glory. When God comes through and you, you get your, his promise, it's like, yep, that was God. That wasn't you trying to figure it out. The Lord did that in your life. And sometimes it's just gonna take some time and it's gonna take some trial. It's gonna take some testing. It's gonna take that situation looking worse first before you start saying, you know what? It doesn't really matter to me what it looks like anymore because I have a word from God. And when that's your place, when that's your position, 
It's like nothing can stop you from receiving what God has said. There is not one devil, there is not one person, there is not one any trial that can stop you from getting what God promised to you. He is faithful, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God were to lie to you about his promise, you can just throw this whole book away. You could just basically say, I don't even know if I'm saved. I don't even know if I'm, if I'm right with God because Every word he has ever said is spoken and it is trustworthy and he has followed through and he watches over every single one of them to perform. So if you have a promise from the Lord, don't give up on the promise that he gave you. If you do, you're missing out and it's gonna be according to, to you what you believe. You're going to get what you believe. Sometimes it just takes a little bit, right? What if you knew that at the 150 hour of prayer, you got the answer you were seeking? Would it be worth it? Would you, would, you, would you go through the 149 hours first? Would you be willing to? What if you knew without a shadow of a doubt, let's say you're having marriage problems, and you knew that exactly three years from today, it's gonna to be completely restored. It'll be miraculous, it'll be a total God thing. Would you be willing to go three years of potential hell in your relationship to get there? Sometimes it just takes saying, I'm willing to go through whatever it needs to go through to get the result of God's promise in my life. That thing that you've been believing God for, is it worth waiting a year and a half? Is it worth just saying, Lord, I, I know that you've already done it. I know that you're faithful. You promised, you said in your word, you gave me your, your word on this. So I'm just, I'm just good, just chilling. I don't have to do anything extra. Listen, it's worth it. It's worth it to get what God has promised you. Every single person in Hebrews 11 in the hall of faith, they had to go through some stuff to obtain the promises of God. Can I tell you, there are our example. We're gonna to have to go through some stuff. Jesus went through 30 years of being just a regular dude before he was, he was ready to do what God called him to do. He had to marinate for 30 years. What if at 12 years old, he recognizes, I have to be about my father's business in the temple and he just starts trying to do miracles. He starts trying to go preach it's like, I don't think you're ready yet. This is Jesus. He got it. He understood the need to be patient and wait for the timing, wait for God's green light, wait for the promise to be fulfilled by God and not through self-effort. Amen? So let's let the Spirit of God work in us today and say, Lord, I need your patience working in me. I need to get through what everything, everything I'm getting through so I can get your best. And if, and if I know you said it, then I know it's gonna happen. No ifs, ands, or buts. Amen. Come on. The Lord's trying to get some things to us. Pastor Mickey started off his, his offering message with that. He's trying to get good things to us. It really is dependent on, on, upon what we do and how we handle those promises. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father God, that you are helping us see things like you do.